Hello and welcome to this episode of the Oasis Church podcast, featuring a talk from Bringing Life, our series exploring the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Together, we see how Joseph is someone who brings life to those around him, even in some tough situations. How his story points forward to Jesus, the ultimate life bringer, and how the invitation for each of us is to be those who bring life in whatever circumstances we find ourselves. Ready? Here we go. Genesis chapter 50, verses 14 through to 21. After burying Jacob, Joseph returned to Egypt with his brothers and all who had accompanied him to his father's funeral. But now that their father was dead, Joseph's brothers became fearful. Now Joseph will show his anger and pay us back for all the wrong we did to him, they said. So they sent this message to Joseph. Before your father died, he instructed us to say to you, please forgive your brothers for the great wrong they did to you, for their sin in treating you so cruelly. So we, the servants of the God of your father, beg you to forgive our sin. When Joseph received the message, he broke down and wept. Then his brothers came and threw themselves down before Joseph. Look, we are your slaves, they said. But Joseph replied, Don't be afraid of me. Am I God that I can punish you? You intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. No, don't be afraid. I will continue to take care of you and your children. So he reassured them by speaking kindly to them. Hi friends, it is so, so good to be with you once again and um, my hope is that you're right. Um, in a moment we're going to look at this amazing passage that Jules has just read out as we get to look at this amazing story of Joseph. But before we get there, I, I just wanted to kind of say, like, like, how are you doing? How is this next phase of lockdown going? Like, I don't know about you, but it's a challenge. Uh, I know for us as a household, we've, we've had to rejig our house again so that it can be like a university, a school, a teaching place, a workplace, but also still a place where we can relax. Um, that, like for me personally, I, I find it hard, the limitation in terms of being able to go out. Uh, I really like going outside. Uh, it just does me good. And I, I can find that challenging. And I know in talking to lots of different people over the last couple of weeks that it feels like this lockdown moment uh, has hit harder. It's become more challenging. And I guess I wanted to just say, um, let's not try and deal with this by ourselves. Let's keep reaching out to one another. Let's keep looking out for one another. Like, that's the whole purpose of this, is that we stay connected, remembering that we are a family, we're a body, that we are deeply connected to one another. Therefore, we look out for one another. And so, like, don't isolate. Look to take the risk of reaching out. Reach out to say, hey, I'm thinking of you. Reach out and say, would you help me? as I believe that we need to just keep going, that I promise you we'll get through it, but we just need to keep ensuring that we stay connected, praying for one another, standing one another. And please do know that I pray for you often. 
Uh, maybe some of you think, like, are you really meaning me? Yeah, yeah, you, you. Yeah, exactly you. The one who's at this moment thinking, no, no, I, I'm sure you mean everything at one else apart from me. No, I'm praying for you. Whether you're watching this live in this moment or on demand, I pray for you. But it's into the reality of the stories that we're living in at the moment that I want us to look at this story of Joseph. Now, for some of you might think, well, why Joseph? Like, why look at this story now? Well, I believe that we're going to discover that this story of Joseph provides us encouragement. It provides us encouragement to understand that, as with Joseph, through all of the roller coaster of his life that we're going to see, that, that God is with him, within it. That I want us to see afresh that God is with us. That as we navigate life with all of his ups and downs, that God is with us. I also want us to see that and be encouraged by the fact that God wants to use us. That just as Joseph, both at the end of his life, could look back and within his life, that God uses him often to do good to those around. And I want us to be encouraged to realize that God wants to do us good, but also he wants to use us to do others good. So Firstly, it's going to bring encouragement. I also believe that this story of Joseph speaks prophetically into this moment that we're living in. I think as we go on week on week in this story, I'm going to find, I think we're going to find uh, things that God speaks to us about. That just as Joseph like, was navigating a moment of like, crisis within the world that he lived in, I think it's going to speak into this pandemic that we're speaking, that we're living in. And that just as God like used Joseph, I believe that God wants to come and use us, his church, to come and bring life to those around. So it's, I'm hoping you're going to provide encouragement. I believe it's going to speak prophetically into us. And finally, I want us to look at this story of Joseph. As we're going to discover this story of Joseph points us to Jesus. We're going to discover along the way that actually Jesus is the greater Joseph, that actually Jesus' story actually mirrors something of Joseph's story, that Joseph's story is like a foreshadow of all that Jesus did. And therefore, it's going to cause us week on week to savor more how we see the wonder of who Jesus is and the life that he offers you and I. But then to start off this week, I actually want to, Look at the story by looking at the end. Like some of you would have realized that. You thought, well, why are we looking at Joseph and starting off at chapter 50, like the end of the story? Well, it's because in looking at the end, it allows us to understand something of the story. So I don't know if you've watched like Arrival, the film, or um, maybe you're a bit older and maybe you watched The Sixth Sense, but those films that when you get to the end, you suddenly realize, oh, Oh, now I understand that. I've now got to rewatch the whole story because it's going to cause me, with that understanding, I have this totally different lens in which to understand the whole story. And that's the same with Joseph, that we get to the end of his life and Joseph is able to look back at this roller coaster of a ride and kind of make sense of it. Make sense of it in order to bring peace to his brothers, as we're going to go on to see in a few weeks' time. But in it, I want us to understand that at this end of the story, it gives us a lens in which to view the whole of the story. I want to zoom in particularly on one verse. Genesis 50, verse 20. We're in it, we discover that Joseph, in looking back over his life, 
kind of gives this lens in which to view it all. He says to his brothers, you intended to harm me, but God intended it all for good. He brought me to this position so I could save the lives of many people. See, Joseph gets to the end of his life and is like looking back at this whole story, this kind of crazy story, as we're going to go and see. And he's actually, when I look at it all, the, the bits that were good, the bits that were bad, the bits that were ugly, and actually God was able to redeem all of it was able to use all these different elements, make sense of them, put them right, in order that I could be used as one who brings life. And that's the lens that I want us to use to look at this story, is that this story is one about bringing life. Bringing life into us. Bringing life into the world around us. Is it? What I love about this is that it starts off that this bringing life is that Joseph says came as God redeemed all the areas of his life in order that he could be one that brings life. And I think it's really important. If we just pause for a moment, this isn't all that I'm going to look at today, but I felt like it was important to capture this moment is that Jesus in the life that he brings comes to redeem our lives. I think it's so important that we hear that, that in Jesus coming to bring life into us, just as God brought life into Joseph in order that he could bring life to others, it was that life that he brought redeemed different elements. It isn't that God is one who looks to brush over things that have happened to us or ignore them or is indifferent to them. Like those things that are painful, those moments where we question why, that God is one who longs to redeem, to put right. Not just so we know a sense of wholeness inside, but also that we can then reveal that wholeness to others. See, for some of us, we need to know that God cares about the stuff that's happened, the stuff that's happening. He isn't indifferent to it. God longs to meet with you as he's longed to meet with me in order to provide us life. A life that is about restoration, a life that is about redeeming. Even the things that we feel we want to hide away and never show or speak of, and yet God says, no, I don't want you to hide. I want to redeem, restore even those elements. See, if I'm honest, I never imagined I'd ever end up sat on a stool speaking to people through a camera. Now, maybe you're thinking, well, of course not. Like, no one thought of that. Like, a year ago, we were used to speaking in the room. No, no, I never imagined I'd end up speaking in a room. I never imagined I'd end up leading a church. I never imagined that I'd ever amount to anything. See, age 13, I kind of was a pretty uh, vulnerable kid, kind of just kind of getting by, often tried to hide in the shadows. And I remember being in a class and often questioned, like, am I good enough? And, like, I've told this story before, and some of you will know it, but in this class, like, I don't know if the teacher was having a bad day or not, and I recognize, like, teachers are doing such an amazing job, and we're all human, and sometimes we do things. We get pushed buttons that just break us. And for this teacher, I, I guess it was just a push-button moment, and they just leaked a bit. And what they did is they went around the class and they pointed out and named every individual in 
the class and basically said, either you were gonna pass your GCSEs or you weren't, and either you would amount to something or you wouldn't. And they went round every person and said, won't pass, won't amount to anything, won't pass, won't amount to anything. And they get to me and they just said, might pass, probably won't amount to anything. And my guess is like most other people left that room thinking, oh, who does she think she is? But for me, it just took root. And I believed it. I believed that actually I was going to be one who probably wouldn't amount to anything and should therefore just continue to hide in the shadows and not allow anyone in. And then I got to know Jesus. I got to know Jesus and the life that he offers. And I thought this is good, but I still thought, yeah, it won't amount to anything. And over time, I started to think, well, maybe I've got to prove something here. Maybe I'm meant to then say, well, because of what Jesus has done, I better prove that I'm amounting to something. Over time, God began to redeem me. God began to restore the broken bits of me. And some of you think, well, that's not a big thing, really, is it? Yeah, but it defined me. And over time, what I began to understand was that God unconditionally loved me. And that actually, he wanted me to live knowing that I had nothing to prove. He declared you good enough. And as I began to occupy that life, as I began to allow that to be the place from which I began to live from, like it then brought life to me. And then the thing is, it's then caused me to bring life to others. Like, I love getting time to talk to individuals and just say, man, how am I going to live is knowing we've got nothing to prove. And they usually say, well, yeah, 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 but, 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 but. And then you just cut talking and looking at scripture of what Jesus is promising in terms of the life that he offers. And then there's this light bulb moment that just switches on and you see it in their face. It's something, oh, I can breathe out. I have nothing to prove. Like, what is it that the life of Jesus is wanting to come to redeem in you? Because he's still redeeming me, still restoring me. And he's longing to do the same for you. But in it, I want us to see that this kind of reality, this lens that we're going to look at in terms of this story of bringing life is the one that we're going to see through the story. See, we're going to see it's a reality that we see. A reality we see throughout the story of Joseph. You see, there's a danger. We think, oh, yeah, it's a bringing life moment at the very end of his life as he rescues a nation and the nations from a famine, food shortage like never seen before. But actually, when you look through the story, you realize in moment after moment that he knows life being brought to him. Life being brought to him when he's falsely accused and in prison. Life being brought to him as he handles disappointment. Life being brought to him in order that he can have wisdom and in order to then do others good. And you find these moments that then he brings life. Brings life as a slave. Brings life in a prison. Then brings life as a leader of a nation. This bringing life is a reality we're going to see. As I've already said, it's also a reality that we get to know. You see, as I said, like Joseph points to Jesus. Like when Jesus gets 
to the point where he's resurrected and making sense of everything that's going on because his friends, his disciples are like, what has just happened? We thought you were the one who was going to rescue everyone and then you died the most barbaric death on a cross and we are confused. And then he's resurrected. There in a room, a locked room, we find him in John chapter 20 and he simply speaks peace. It's like Jesus says, I've come to bring life and that life is characterized by peace to make sense of everything of what I've done to give you a lens of understanding everything that's happened there are so many that we can look through but the one I want to look on zoom in on is that Jesus comes and brings peace that he comes to you and I and through his life death and resurrection like offers us a peace for a past a wholeness, that's what the word means, peace, wholeness. A wholeness in terms of our past, of knowing that we are unconditionally loved and accepted. Like a peace for our present. Knowing, as I've already spoken of, that we have nothing to prove. A peace for our future. Knowing that death is not the end, that the life he offers is a life that is eternal. They're like, if death is not to be feared, there is hope. Like Jesus comes and offers us this life of peace. Why? Because he's the greater Joseph. That as Joseph looks back over his life and says, oh, all these elements that you thought were for harm, actually God was redeeming them to work for good, to bring life. That Jesus can stand back and say, hey, all of the elements, that moment on the cross where you thought this is to do harm, actually God was redeeming the whole of creation in that moment to do good in order to bring life, a life of peace that Jesus offers to you and to me. Like I wonder whether Jesus comes now in this moment and wants you and I to receive afresh of that life that he offers. I don't know how it's going at the moment, but as I prayed about today, I just felt like God wanted to meet with you as he's been wanting to meet with me. That Jesus wants to come and stand in the midst of where you're sat. I don't know, your lounge, your study, your bedroom. I don't know where you're watching this. Maybe you're watching in your car. That Jesus comes and is present by his Holy Spirit with you. And he wants to come and breathe his life afresh into you. He wants to come and bring that peace that promises he's in control. He wants to come and kind of disperse our unrest to give us his rest. He wants to come and cause us to know hope where despair is starting to set in. He gets the final say. So just where you are, I just want to pray for us for a moment. Why don't you just close your eyes so you don't get distracted by others in the room or anything else. And just with your eyes closed, why not just put your hands out of just saying, Jesus I'm open to you. I'm just going to give you a moment, just with your hands out, just say, Jesus, I present to you all that I'm feeling at the moment. And maybe you want to label some of those things. Just do that now. Jesus, I thank you that you know each and every one of us. You know every hair on our head. You know every thought before we speak it. And Jesus, your longing is to come and meet with us where we're at. And I pray for every individual. 
I pray would we each know afresh now. Maybe for some of us for the first time, that we'd know your peace, your wholeness. Would you come and bring rest where we're just feeling unrest? Would you come and restore hope where despair has been setting in? Jesus, would you come and bring comfort where we're in such need for it? Ask this in your glorious name. Amen. So it's a reality we're going to see. It's a reality that we get to know. But lastly, it's a reality we get to show. You see, this bringing of life wasn't only for Joseph's good, it was also that he then got hold of it in order that he knew that what he was about was then to then share everything he knew. He got to bring life to individuals. He got to bring life to a nation. He got to bring life to his family. We get the privilege to partner with God, to cause others to taste and see how good this life is that Jesus has offered us as we get to bring it wherever we are, even in lockdown. I love how N.T. Wright puts it, where he says this, what you do in the present by painting, preaching, singing, sewing, praying, uh, praying, building hospitals, teaching, digging wells, campaigning for justice, writing poems, caring for the needy, loving your neighbor as yourself will last into God's future. These activities are not simply ways of making the present life a little less beastly, a little more bearable until the day when we leave it behind altogether. No. They are part of what we may, be, we may call building for God's kingdom. Or what I'm calling bringing the life of Jesus. Like it sometimes feels like, oh, it's beyond me. And it's at our fingertips. It's through that moment of texting someone to see how they are. Pausing to listen to the elderly neighbor. Sending someone a care package. Seeking to ask God for the strength and grace to go on in that next shift. Or to show the care and tension in that next lesson. Or to work to the best of your ability while you're working at home. To seek to be kind to your household. To seek to be loving uh, to those around. That's what it looks like to be those who get to show life bring life. So we're going to go on an adventure over these coming weeks, discovering more and more of what it means to be those that are both receiving this life and those who then get to bring this life. A life that we see in Joseph, a life that we see that Jesus now wants to come and bring into each and every one of us in order that we be those that then show this life to the world around. And my prayer is as we get to know this life, as we get to show this life, that it will bring us deep joy. And that it won't only bring us joy, that it will cause others that we then get to reveal it to, to know joy.